There is a story in the Old Testament where God speaks through the mouth of a donkey. And I have always enjoyed and been encouraged by that story. And particularly in moments like this right now. Um, So welcome. I'm glad you're here. I believe that God is going to share something with you today that he's going to ask you to act on. So be ready. Today we're going to talk about rivers, about parades, about reading the Bible, about dirt, soil, about Jesus. I believe that God is going to share something with you today that he's going to ask you to act on. So please be ready. In the Gospel of John, in 660 or so, um, Jesus is teaching, and many people aren't having it. His disciples are grumbling, they're not liking it, (laughs) and many people leave, and they walk away. And the disciples asked Jesus, he said, this is a hard teaching, who can accept it? And many people at that point had left and walked away from Jesus. And Jesus asked his closest 12, he asked this question, you're not going to leave too, are you? And Peter answers, where would we go? You have the words of eternal life. We believe and know that you are the Holy One of God. Where would we go, Peter asks. Now, there are places, right? There are other options. Um, We don't need to follow Jesus, and many people don't. Um, But I think you know there are other places that different roads lead, right? If we don't, we go to places we don't want to be. Today's message is this. Read the Bible. I believe that God is going to share something with you today that you must act on. Be ready. Be good soil. I love what the Bible project says here in this sentence. From page one to the final word, we believe the Bible is a unified story that leads to Jesus. That leads to Jesus. Now, I was a part of a a bigger church once in Los Angeles, and there was a lot of pastors, and there was one pastor who had one sermon, he really had just the one sermon, and he had two points. He had five fingers, but he only had the two points. And whenever he would speak, we kind of already knew the sermon. We knew what it was going to be, and we kind of joked about it. Um, And I will share that sermon with you today. Point one was read the Bible. Point two, read the Bible for an hour every day. And that that was the sermon. Um, But that's your message today. Read the Bible. It's the story that leads to Jesus. Would you pray with me this morning? Lord, help us see what we need to see, hear what we need to hear, and leave today with a better understanding of and hunger for your word. Let us be good soil. Speak to us. Give us the courage to act. Amen. Now, one way to study the Bible is to listen to sermons. Right? It's a little bit of an indirect way. And ideally, somebody that's sharing a sermon has spent a lot of time in the word thinking about it and understanding the context and sharing that with you. Um, I'm going to implore you today to dive into the Bible yourself. But speaking of sermons, we just figured, figured, finished a series on the book of James. And you got to hear from Ben and David and Bob and Andrew and Jeff. They all shared. If this was class, I would ask you to uh, take out a piece of paper and pen and write down what you remember about those sermons about those messages in the book of James. You don't need to do that, but that's, uh, I got to get ready for the school year, I think. (laughs) Ben talked about orthodoxy, which is right thinking, and orthopraxy, which is right acting. He shared the acronym, 
which I'm a little bit of an acronym buff, based on James 1.19. Q-S-S. Quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to anger. David talked about eating soap <clears throat> and horses, ships, wildfires, and taming the tongue. Bob talked about money, sex, power, hyperbole, humility, what it means to be a friend of Jesus, what it means to be a friend of the world. Andrew talked about the structure of the book of James and how it's a truth sandwich. Jeff talked about not just hearing the word, but doing what it says. They all said more, of course, and you can hear all their sermons online or in the podcast. But to echo their sentiments that many shared when they stood up here, it's very humbling to stand here and speak. But God spoke through a donkey, and he can speak through us. I believe God, not me, is going to share something with, with you today that you're going to be called to act on. Please be ready. Last week, Jeff ended our series on the book of James. Among other things, he highlighted the verse James 1.22. And that will be our first point today. Do what it says. The point of the Bible is not just to know stuff. The Bible is a book that leads to Jesus and is a blueprint, a map, a guide in how to live. The English Standard Version says it this way, but be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourself. The NIV says it this way, do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves, do what it says. The New American Standard says it this way, but prove yourselves doers of the word and not just hearers who deceive themselves. And Eugene Peterson's The Message Translation says it this way, don't fool yourself into thinking that you are a listener when you are anything but. Letting the word go in one ear and out the other. Act on what you hear. Act on what you hear. Don't let the word go in one ear and out the other. In his sermon last week, Jeff asked, what is something you could or should do? Maybe it's invite somebody to the block party that's next week. He also asked, who is someone that you could serve or help? So right now, let's take a moment, and I want you to think of a person. Just put that person in your head. Is there a way you could serve them or help them? He also asked, how has the Lord blessed you specifically? What are you going to do about that? He also asked, what do you have that you could give? I believe that God, not me, is going to share something with you today that you must act on. Please be ready. Maybe he shared it last week when Jeff was asking those questions. Maybe he shared it this morning when you were driving here. Maybe there's something that God asked you to do a year ago or years ago that still kind of keeps going to the bottom of your to-do list. Are there conversations you need to have with people? Don't look in the mirror and a minute later forget what you look like. Don't let the word go in one ear and out the other. Don't just listen to the word. Do what it says. And there's a process in remembering something, right? Every day I try to find the Wordle word, and, uh, which is a, a game where you guess the certain word every day. And it's funny because I, I'm very focused in the morning, but if you ask me in the afternoon what that word was, sometimes, often, I'll be like, huh? I really cared about it, but that just... Um, but Matthew 13, he shares the parable of the sower. And Jesus is telling a story to illustrate this. And the sower was the farmer, and he has a handful of seeds. It says the sower walked, and he threw the seeds down. And he threw them in different places, right? He threw them in, uh, along a path. He threw them 
among rocks, and he threw them among thorns, and he threw them on good soil. Now, what's so wild to me about that is all of those seeds grew. They grew because they were seeds and they were water and they had the thing, but not for long, right? The seeds that grew on the path, people came and they trampled it. The seeds that grew on rock didn't have much soil, right? So the sun withered them. The seeds that grew among the thorns got choked out. But the seeds that grew in the good soil were able to grow. We began this morning with that prayer that we would be good soil. We would be ready to hear and obey, ready to grow. Don't just hear the word. Do what it says. Don't let it go in one ear and then out the other. Right? Some of it's being a process to hear. And I don't know about you, but a lot of times somebody will try to say something to me and I have no intention of let, internalizing it because I can't. Right? So it's not an issue of it going in or whatever. It's just like, I'm going to block that. And I don't know, sometimes kids will do that too. They will just very, <laughs> don't want to hear it. Right? Um, but part of the thing in reading the Bible or studying the Bible is preparing the soil and being ready. Right? And sometimes it's fearful. Right? When you're talking, you're like, am I going to have to do something if I <laughs> pay attention? Um, but you can't do what it says if you don't know what it says, right? But also, so we're going to talk about knowing what it says, but my guess is we're probably all sitting on things now that we already know. I have a temptation to want to research more and to study. I would like to do that, but I think I should read about three or four more books about it before I'm really confident in that. You know, really love my neighbor as myself. I think I should do some more research. Mm, No, right? Um, I believe that God is going to share something with you today that you must act on. Please be ready. But point number two is know what it says. And you can't know what it says unless you've heard it, unless you've read it. How do you know what it says? You read it. You hear it. Um, You study it. You might need help to do that, and we're going to talk about that today. Um, James 4.8 says, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. Reading the Bible is one way to draw near to God. Now, recently... My family and I drove to Washington to visit my sister in Seattle. If you drive to Washington, you have to cross the Columbia River. So we drove and we crossed the Columbia River. And as I crossed the Columbia River, I realized that I have driven over the Columbia River. I have flown over the Columbia River. I have hiked alongside the Columbia River. I have taken an Amtrak train alongside the Columbia River. I have visited Herman the Sturgeon, who lived in the Columbia River. I have listened to Woody Guthrie's songs about rolling on Columbia. I have worn clothes that say Columbia. I have read about Lewis and Clark and their adventures on the Columbia River. My sister has swam across the Columbia River twice. But I, I have rafted the Deschutes to the Columbia River. But I have never, I have never been in the Columbia River. And how many things are like that? We are around them, but we're not in them. We are around them, but we're not in them. There's a joke in LA, and it goes that you're never more than a couple hundred feet away from a screenplay which is a little bit hyperbole, but from my experience, I, I don't know. I think it's not that far off. Um, and today, in many places, um, like in Dallas, Oregon, in 2022, you are not that far away from a Bible. 
right? There are many places in the world um, where finding a printed Bible is difficult, and um, that's why Dallas Church and some of you support people doing Bible translations, getting Bibles into native languages. Um, there are places where people smuggle in Bibles because you can't get access to Bibles. That's not really our issue here. Um, so our point here, point number three, be in it, not just around it. If you draw closer to God, he will draw closer to you, is what James 4.8 says. Jesus asked his disciples if they were going to leave. Peter said, you have the words that lead to eternal life. Where would you go? Now, we all know there are other places to go. There are other things to follow. But those don't lead to places we want to be. Those don't lead to the words that have eternal life. Now, there are many ways to be in the word. For years, I did what that pastor said in his one sermon, which was, read the Bible one hour a day. And I'm a reader, so that was, that was pretty fun for me, and I like that. Some of you I know that um, I've been doing the read the Bible in a year, different programs, structures, that might be helpful to you. And maybe that's what God is telling you today, is to start something like that. Start a discipline like that. Another a pastor I knew, and he was the pastor that had more than one sermon, um, and he had read the Bible for, for years and years, and he told me once about how he started to study the Bible. And sometimes it's seasons, right? You go through different seasons in your, in your life and journey. Um, and he said, and he had read through the Bible multiple times, and he had done that. But he said, you know, I spend time with God every day, and I pray. But see, when I read, I read until God gives me something. And then I take it, and I meditate on it, and I make sure it doesn't go from one ear to the next. And I hold on to that all day. Um, and so he said, sometimes it's five minutes. I'll read for five minutes, and I feel like, hey, that's my thing today. I've got it. He said, sometimes it's an hour or two hours. But he was sure that it was, I didn't make, let it one go in. Right? I didn't let the word go in one ear and out the other. There are different ways to be in the word, just like there are different ways to be in water. But when you think of the Bible, I'd love you to, for you to think of these verses in Jeremiah this morning. This is Jeremiah 17, verses 7 through 8. And there's a picture here I want you to think of, and we'll end on this one as well. But blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord, whose confidence is in him. He will be like a tree planted by the water that sends out roots by the stream. It does not fear when heat comes. It leave, its leaves are always green. It has no worries in a year of drought and never fails to bear fruit. Be in the word, not just around it. Those roots need to be in the water. Can you picture a tree by the water, but the roots are going the different direction? And one thing that's amazing about plant roots, right, is they follow the light, or the, the plants follow the light, and plants find the water. But picture that tree beside the water. Be in the word, not just around it. And here's why. Do you know the next verse, Jeremiah 17.9? Jeremiah 17.9. Is it, follow your heart? No. It's not follow your heart. That's not it. Jeremiah 17.9 says, the heart is deceitful above all things. Don't follow your heart. Follow Jesus. Right? It sounds good to say follow your heart. Now, if you have a, a heart transformed by Jesus and if you put him first, there's a, you know, a truth in that. But the heart is deceitful above all things. Can you imagine if we got all the things that we really, really wanted when we were eight? 
or maybe last year, right? All those things, all those desires, like, wait a minute, just play that through your head a little bit. <laughs> um, don't, let, don't follow your heart, follow Jesus. Psalm 37.4 says, delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. But the order matters, right? Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will come after. The order matters. Seek first him. Think of what Jesus said in John 7.37. If anyone is thirsty, let him come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as the scripture has said, streams of living water will flow from within him. If anyone is thirsty, let him come to me and drink. Now, what are you drinking? What are you letting into your life? You've heard the saying, right? Garbage in, garbage out. Over and over again, when Jesus was tempted, when Jesus was in a difficult spot, when Jesus was trying to make a point, he said, as the scriptures say, as the scriptures say. Test yourself today and this week. Um, think back, when you were tested, when you were tempted, what comes to mind? Is it James 1-2, counted all joy when you meet trials of various kinds, for you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance, steadfastness? Do you think of Romans 8-37, for we are more than conquerors through him, for we are more than conquerors through him who loved us? Do you think of Philippians 4-13, I can do all things through Christ who strengthened me? Garbage in, garbage out. Good things in and good things out. Paul writes in Romans 10 how he desires for the Israelites to be saved. And here he is in verse 10 too. Paul writing to the Romans, For I can testify about them that they are zealous for God, but their zeal is not based on knowledge. Now, does this remind you of anyone or anything? They are zealous, but their zeal is not based on knowledge. Now, I want to spend time on this point and get all judgy about people who have lots to say about things that they don't know about. But I would have to bring up a mirror here to look at myself, too, right? Um, how often is that me? How often is that you? A lot to say about things you don't know about. I'm reminded of that acronym that Pastor Ben shared when we began this series, QSS. Quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to anger. Again, in Romans 10, 17, Paul writes, faith comes from hearing the message, and the message is heard through the word of Christ. Now, when you are tested, when things are tough, what F word comes to mind? Faith? Do you think, this, think the scriptures like Jesus did? What F word comes to mind? There are a lot of F words, and words can have more than one meaning, right? We realized this at our house recently. There's a certain F word that we talk about a lot in our house. And my daughter is uh, very flexible. She's, a, she's dancing, she's bouncing around, she's doing gymnastics and all these things. She's very flexible. And sometimes when I'll be trying to get ready for a jog, I'll be stretching and she'll look down at me and say, Dad, are you stretching or are you just sitting there weird? And we learned that my daughter is by far the most flexible and least flexible person in the house. And I <clears throat> am the most flexible and the least flexible person in the house, depending on what definition of flexible we are looking at. Um, but I think of the word flexible, and I think of Paul and Philippians. And we just saw Philippians 
Paul said, I can do everything through him who gives me strength. But let's hear Paul right before those verse, that verse. This is Paul. I have learned to be content. Flexible. Whatever the circumstances. I know what it is to be in need, and I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. I can do everything through him who gives me strength. When things are tough, what F word comes up? Faith? Flexibility? Faith comes from hearing the message, and the message is heard through the word of Christ. So, let's review. Do what it says. Know what it says. Be in it, not just around it. And point number four, which maybe we should have started here, is know what it is. Now, one thing that amazes me when I study the Bible and I read through it is how intentional the structure is of each book, of each letter, of the order of the books. So what is the Bible? It's more accurate to call it a library or a collection or an anthology than it is to call it a book. It is a very intentional collection. It is not a bunch of random scrolls thrown together. The Bible is 66 books in two testaments. It was written by many different people over many different years in multiple languages in multiple genres, in multiple places. The Bible is history and poetry and prophecy and songs and stories and laws and letters. It was written in Hebrew and Greek and Aramaic. There are translations now in most languages in the world. And yet, and yet, from page one to the final word, we believe the Bible is a unified story that leads to Jesus. And many also believe this sentence here that Andrew shared on the screen before. The Bible, in its original autographs, and when correctly interpreted, is completely true in all it teaches and affirms. The Bible is the Word of God. Jesus is the Word made flesh. And I'd like to share with you um, something from this book here called How to Read the Bible for All It's Worth, which is a great resource. We have some in the back of our lobby with some other resources here I'll, I'll talk about in a minute. Um, but that's from this book here. It says, Historically, the church has understood the nature of Scripture much the same as it has understood the person of Christ. The Bible is at the same time both human and divine. It is the word of God given in the words of people in history. Because the Bible is God's word, it has eternal relevance. It speaks to all humankind in every age and every culture. Because it is God's word, we must listen and obey. But because God chose to speak his word through human words in history, every book in the Bible also has historical particularity. Each document is conditioned by the language, time, and culture in which it was originally written. And in some cases, also by the oral history it had before it was written down. Interpretation of the Bible is demanded by the tension that exists between its eternal relevance and its historical particularity. Eternal relevance and historical particularity. It was written to specific people in a specific time. And it has eternal relevance. Now I communicated with some with Pastor Ben about this message. And one thing he said to emphasize with the bottom line was this. We have the word exactly as God wanted us to have it. So the people of God have always been a translating interpreting people because language changes. And all of my Bibles that I'm reading are English. 
And none of them, <laughs> these were written in English, right? Now, there are times when people have got it wrong. And some of these are comical, and some are tragic. Um, my favorite example is from uh, the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle, Michelangelo. And, no, the other one. The Michelangelo, he painted the ceiling of the Sistine Chapel, and he did the David sculpture. And he also made a sculpture statue of Moses. And what was interesting about this statue of Moses was Moses had horns. Did Moses have horns? Well, there was a Latin translation of a passage in Exodus which suggested that Moses had horns. And Michelangelo made a... And there were some people that believed that Moses had horns based on that interpretation of that Latin text. I don't think Moses had horns. Don't think we do. But sometimes we get it wrong, right? Sometimes it's a comical thing. Sometimes it's a big deal. But the Bible and its original autographs and when correctly interpreted is completely true in all it teaches and affirms the Bible is the word of God. Now when we read the Bible, there are a few skills that we need. And the first one is this big Bible word, you've heard it perhaps, exegesis, to figure out what it meant to the original audience. Because all these books were written to, like Paul's letter to Timothy, guess who he wrote it to? Timothy, right? And Timothy was a real person, and Paul was a real person, and they were writing about real events that they knew about, right? So our first task is to know what it meant to those, that original audience. The second task, hermeneutics which is to understand what it might mean to us. Now, we need to keep in mind that a text cannot mean what it couldn't have meant to them in their context. And we need to keep in mind that there's a, it's important to understand historical and textual context, and we need to understand poetic structures and genre, and, 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 and I think it's time for our fifth point. Get help and give it to. Many of the resources we're going to look at now are available in the back of the, the church lobby. Um, and you can ask someone and you can borrow or take one. Um, but have you ever been in a situation, and maybe you shared later with somebody the last time you were in a situation where you're watching something or you're listening to a song or you're playing a game or you're reading the Bible and you found yourself asking, what is this? What is going on? My son and I, we drove past a cricket game the other day, and we could tell you about baseball, right? My son plays baseball. We're big, pretty big baseball fans. And we could tell you about baseball. Um, but imagine that you know nothing about baseball, and you sit down and you watch. How long would it take you to understand the rules of baseball, right? It would be pretty tricky. Now, if somebody sat next to you, you could figure it out pretty quick. Some sports are easy, like boxing. I feel like it doesn't, t I, I know what's going on here, right? Who won? Uh, not that guy, right? A lot of races, I, you know, I don't need too much interpretation. But I don't know, how long would it take you to understand what's going on in cricket? And could I do it? I mean, without somebody, you know, sharing. Um, so what is this? What is going on? And I was reminded of that this weekend. Um, this is Crazy Days in Dallas, and we have vendors on Main Street. And there was a parade yesterday. And I was dropping off Nick for his baseball team float, and I was trying to find out where it was. And all of Dallas was different, and I would notice that the, the 
there was an order to what the floats were. And so I asked somebody, is this float number 40? And they're like, no, this is number 18. And I was like, well, which direction? And then they pointed that way. I was like, oh, okay. And then I was still confused because we were trying to watch the parade. Um, and then I was like, oh, yeah. I got a map of the parade route. And I zoomed out. And I looked at it. I was like, oh, okay. And I figured out where we could go to see the parade. But imagine that you were visiting Dallas, Oregon for the first time, and you just get plopped out in the middle of crazy days. And what, what's going on? You're like, ooh, there's a lot going on. But if you zoom out and you realize, like, what is a parade? If you look at one float in the parade, you're like, okay, this is, huh, okay. Um, but the Bible's a little bit like a crazy day parade. But if you zoom out with the right resources, you can see there is an intentional order to it. There is a start and there's a finish. Um, sometimes I had a friend once in college, and I was just starting to read the Bible and take that seriously. And I didn't, I didn't know much at all. And he was going through a really hard time. And he had a cousin that, I think he was a Christian, but his cousin said, here, Brad, you need help. Read this book. And so I remember Brad, was like, okay, and he just gave him a big Bible, and Brad read a little bit in Genesis, and he skipped to the end and read a little in Revelation, and he read a little bit in the middle, and he was like, I don't, this isn't very helpful to me. And I, at that point, wasn't very helpful to him either. I was like, I don't, yeah, I don't know what to, <laughs> you know. I mean, if you're in that situation, tell him to start in the Gospels, but also sit there with him and talk through him, right? So it's okay to need help in reading the Bible. So get help, and there are a lot of great resources out there. Um, I would recommend a good translation, the NIV or the ESV or the NAS. Um, study Bibles are great. Um, they have footnotes that share things. Commentaries are, have more than um, are in the footnotes. Um, we really like this book, How to Read the Bible for All It's Worth, around here. Um, the Bible Project has great um, outlines, sort of like maps, maps to what's going on um, in the book. Um, and you can see some of these. We have those in the, in the, back, of a, in the back of the church. Um, so get help, but what kind of help? What kind of help? I would say it's books and people. Listen to this verse from 2 Timothy. This is a letter that Paul wrote to Timothy. And he writes to him and he says, Hey, all scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness, so that the man of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. Timothy had the scriptures. He also had Paul. Get help. Be Timothy. Give help to be Paul. So part of our message today, today is get, if you don't know, get help. Right? Sometimes it's pretty easy. Like, I, I was like, which way do I go? And they're like, oh, that way. Like, sweet. Right? <laughs> Um, and also, do you know a little bit more? Can you give help to others? Um, so Jesus knew the scriptures, and his disciples knew Jesus. Books and people. When I say books, audio and video and other resources can apply too. Um, I, uh, I was in college once, and that was great. I remember I was taking church really seriously, and I was, became a Christian, and I was studying, and I was in Bible studies and going to church. And there was a guy out in the quad... And he was handing out Bibles and like these little tracts that say, you, you need to know Jesus. I was like, oh, cool. Somebody likes Jesus. So I went up, talked to him. I was like, what church do you go to? Um, he's like, oh, I don't go to a church. I was like, oh, well, do you want to come to ours? And I invited him. And he's like, no. And I was like, oh, 
But what? He says, I am an independent Bible believer. That, no, that doesn't, it doesn't work that way, right? And it might start that way, but we were called to live in community, right? We were called to live in community. Church is a team sport. You hear that a lot around here. Um, throughout the Bible, you see example after example of disciples and teachers and mentors. Some of the letters are examples of people giving help. Now, I believe that God is going to share with you today something that you must act on. And maybe you've heard it already. Maybe you can hear that still small voice telling it to you. Do you need to ask someone for help? Do you need to offer help to someone? Do you need to get resources or start a new routine? Think back to those questions we asked earlier that Jeff asked at the end of his sermon. That person that was in mind. Today's message is this. Read the Bible. If we draw near to God, he will draw near to us. Now, it's, it's wild because that pastor that had that one sermon, I don't really remember a lot of those other sermons. And I look back at some of the other things that I heard, which I don't think their interpretations were quite right. And I don't think the way certain people were living was quite right. But what I really appreciate about that sermon is he said, you read the Bible and be in it. Because that's where you'll find the answers. And that is what I think we should do. So let's review today. Number one, do what it says. It's not just information for information's sake. Number two, know what it says. Number three, bin it. <laughs> bin it. <laughs> Be in it, not just around it. Number four, know what it is. It's a special book that's many books. And it's okay to get help and to give it to. Um, I believe that God is going to share something with you today that you must act on. And maybe you heard it this morning. And maybe you didn't. But if not, and even if you did, read the Bible and keep reading it. And think of this image here. Let's be like trees planted beside rivers, in and not just around. Would you pray with me this morning? Lord, help us see what we need to see, hear what we need to hear, and leave today with a better understanding of and hunger for your word. Let us be good soil. Speak to us. Give us the courage to act. Amen.